Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, how's the weather treating you out there? I'm getting a little cold, but uh, I know, I know it. it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. I feel pretty lucky. You know, we're working real hard to get the final, th- uh, you know, kind of punch list taken care of on the new Fort and Sunshine location or the expansion, rather. And as I've been, you know, working around the property, trying to do what I could to push this along as quick as possible, I feel very fortunate that, you know, it's been 50, 60 degrees while I'm out there working because a lot of times this year we're sub-freezing, there's yeah. precipitation, um, so maybe this will be a year we get by with little and no winter, but I'm afraid it's knocking on the door. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to come before we know it, probably January. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it, or maybe we'll have one of those really late winter snowstorms or something. I hope not. I, uh, you know, I've talked to you and I've done this for many years now here on uh, KSGF. There are years that I really like snow or I want snow or I miss snow or I, you know, try and welcome it in. This is not one of those years. <laughs> yeah. I am I am so smoked on extra work and extra things that that would just put some icing on the cake. And it makes life just a little bit more difficult. Right. And... I'm sure you maybe have never been under a dripping, thawing car trying to do automotive repair. No. Uh, I, I always call it, I think it was an ancient Chinese water torture where they would like strap you down and they would just drip water like on your forehead until you went insane Ugh. and spill the beans on whatever information they were trying to extract from their prisoners. I always joke that that's what it feels like. And then if we're doing exhaust, because during the winter when we have snow, if you have weak exhaust and you're driving through you know, higher uh, amounts of snow, it will rip or break a lot of exhaust systems. Mm. So that's, if it's weak, you will find the weak link when it snows. But in this instance, when I'm doing exhaust and I'm firing up the welder or firing up the uh, torch or whatever I'm doing for custom exhaust or uh, putting it back to original, it really accelerates the dripping under there. And it, every time I look up, it's in my mouth or my nose or my ear. And, you know, that's not the the greatest ever. So... Uh, when winter does come and you need automotive repair, cut your techs a little slack because they are really out there working it. So, so what's been going on uh, around the shop? So lots of winter style repairs, uh, mainly like, hey, my car didn't start because it was colder this morning. Right. Hey, I don't have any heat, uh, which is very, very important. I actually have one that some folks um, didn't have any heat. And I realize I kind of pick on Dodge quite a bit, and I'm going to do a little bit of that now, so just stay with me on this. But Dodge electrical systems have not been the most robust, and they're kind of a little bit infamous, if you will, for having a crappy electrical system. Now, if you have a Dodge, please just bear with me here. I'm not saying they're junk, um, but this is true. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting you with a little bit of truth. So uh, got a customer, good uh, good friends of ours, the family, etc. And they're having some heating issues. And so that's the main reason they brought it in. As well as, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but if you book an appointment for XYZ, it it just amazes me how often XYZ turns to LMNOP, blah, 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 et cetera. And it kind of dovetails. And a lot of times when we set these appointments, um, I'm kind of hedging my bet on how long that I'm going to need the vehicle for, for your sake and mine. I want to make sure we're getting as many people taken care of as possible and keeping our technicians busy so I don't want feast and famine. 
Um, but I bring this up because it's, hey, I have no heat. And then, hey, I have no heat turns into, oh, there's a bunch of melted wires behind the dash I didn't tell you about. Um, I'd like you to look at oil leaks, uh, XYZ, this and that doesn't work. Um, and all that's fine. Um, but the more information that I have up front while we're booking the appointment and planning for the repair work, the better off it is for me and you as a customer. So long story short, and I'm bird walking around a little bit here this morning, but hopefully you're tracking with me. And I share this with you because this is not the first time I've seen this, and it may be a little bit of story time today, but uh, got in a situation that it kept blowing a fuse. Well, it affected some of the interior items, um, radio, dome lights, heated mirrors, some, some different things. And for whatever reason, a lot of folks think that, hey, when the fuse blows, you know, you put, you know, a few 10 amp fuses in it, say, well, maybe we'll try a bigger fuse. And I cannot stress this enough. The engineers, and, and I pick on engineers from some time, from time to time, and they really frustrate me a lot of times because they engineer it like it's never going to be worked on ever. You know, there's no thought of future service when you engineer something. So when I do a one-off something or I custom do wiring or fabrication or I build whatever, because I'm in the service sector, I am thinking of what it's going to take for me to service that system down the road. You know, I don't want to make something extremely difficult to access because that's going to impede service, you know, when I need to fix it at some point. Everything has a shelf life. So when an engineer develops a electrical system, uh, especially in today's day and age, because they're trying to save weight due to the fuel economy standards, they're using the minimal amount of material that the system will allow right out of the gate. So, for instance, back in the day, you know, a lot of the wires were overkill. They were bigger and would carry more current than needed, and they lasted decades. Well, today, those, those days are gone, okay? And a lot of these wires are not designed to carry very much current. And so they're so tiny. And a lot of it is done on network communication, which is very low amperage. And it signals that toggle certain things on and off. And then they have separate allocated wiring and relay or load devices that curry, carry the amount of current needed. So if you're not a techie person, please just bear through that explanation. If you are, then you obviously know why I'm making such a big deal about this. But here's what happened in this instance. So we had a very simple, more than likely simple situation um, where we were blowing a fuse. Now, had I been able to find where the original problem was before we kind of uh, inflamed the problem, it would have probably been a fairly minimal repair. Maybe we had a shorted heated mirror. Maybe we had uh, chafed wire somewhere in the dash, which is difficult to find. Uh, but here's where the situation got a lot worse. So it should have been a 10 amp standard mini fuse. I'm sure there's a bunch of you out there that are familiar with those. And what it arrived with was a fuse that was good. It was not blown, but it had a 20 amp fuse in it. Well, that small wiring continued to burn and burn and burn until it melted a fair amount of the harness way, way deep into the dash where dash removal is going to be a necessity in order to do whatever repairs. 
and I still have to find whatever this initial problem is or was and see whether it's damaged it further, whether the root cause I can take care of while I'm there. Um, but having this discussion is, is all over the, the places I've been this morning. Trying to talk through that with a customer is a very difficult um, discussion to have. There's a lot of unknowns here, and, and you know people are gun-shy when they come to, to the repair shop anyway, let alone when I don't have the answers and I have to ask for a fairly large budget in order to do these repairs. So I'm just sharing that out there with you guys. I have another kind of short story along the same lines. Years ago, um, I was helping a shop down in Arkansas. They had a situation where it kept blowing a fuse and the car was not well taken care of. It was, it was honestly a pretty disgusting car. And what had happened is I believe it was a nickel had fallen down in the cigarette lighter, and it was the perfect diameter to short out the cigarette lighter. Now, there was a whole bunch of food and drinks and things that have been building up for years covering all that up, but I was able to isolate where the short was. I was able to dig that out and eventually find it down in the cigarette lighter. But what these folks had done is they had taken aluminum foil and wadded up around the fuse that kept blowing and stuffed it back in there. My point is, is that if you keep continuously blowing the fuse, A, the electrical is only designed for 10 amps, and B, if you create a high amp ability for it to transfer power, you will create a very bigger, uh, more difficult repair to do, which is equals money. It's more dollars, more time, etc. So... If it's 10 amp fuse or 20 amp fuse, whatever it's supposed to be in there, you had better leave that in there. And if you're having problems, do not oversize that uh, circuit controls. But you're listening to 1041 KSGF. Sarah and I will be right back after the first break. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, I was windy in the last segment. Did any of that. Like, you know, have you ever changed a fuse in a car? I guess would be a good place to start. I think I did in my Dodge Neon okay. that I had. So riddle me this. Um, if it was blowing, you know, like a 10 amp kept, you know, open circuit. Do you think it, I mean, a lot of people like just like, well, if a 10 amp's not good enough, let's put a 20 in there. I mean, does that make any sense or? Well, I'd be concerned why something that my vehicle was manufactured mm-hmm. with was not working. Yeah. And, you know, going overkill on it, and I'm the biggest overkill person ever. Like, if I can over-engineer it, like, I'm gonna. And, you know, but... Has that caused problems in the past? It has. (laughs) It it really has, yes. Uh, A lot of times, things are built to work together. Mm -hmm. And when you overkill one thing, you find the next thing that was not. So, like, a lot of people like to put a big engine, high horsepower, high torque in a car, but not think about the transmission. Yeah. So you do all that, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, why did my transmission go bad? Well, it's, you know, back in the day, they had like a 350 turbo, 400, etc. And that loosely was related to horsepower. And I don't mean to nerd out here too much on the car situation. But if you had a 350 turbo transmission, you really needed about 350 horse was about all that transmission would tolerate. And then you would find the weak link that you had pushed it past and you would blow it up. I mean, that's a very common thing for years. Electrical is the same way. And really a lot of the rest of the cars are the same way. So 
I see a lot of DIY people that will wire their own accessories, light bars, winches, etc., and they don't think about how that current or how much current, how it's going to be switch controlled, relay controlled, the size of the wiring, etc. And you know, I had an instance where it was a gentleman. Uh, he had bought an old ambulance. And they had a big power inverter, and he hooked up the brand new battery, and I forget what happened, but they had it basically dead shorted for some reason. And it melted all of the insulation off. It was basically like welding the entire electrical system in this thing. Well, he didn't know kind of what happened, so he, he pulled it all off, and he wrapped it with electrical tape and hooked it up again. Ooh. So twice enough to where it melted one of the posts of the battery off. It got so hot. He's lucky it didn't explode. Yeah. And so he towed it in and, you know, I had to have a candid conversation. Like, what are your expectations right now? You think this is a couple hundred dollars? And he's like, yeah, that's about all I got. And I'm like, look, I don't, you know, I'd love to fix cars. I'm, I'm doggone good at it. A1, you know, has poured into me and, and many of our other technicians to be good at this. But what you've done is more than a couple hundred dollar repair, I can tell you right out of the gate. And so he was able to come up with some more capital and we talked about it. I did get it fixed. Um, he used this old retired ambulance to change clothes. Do you think we have any kids listening to the show? Should, mm. should I refrain from that? Um, be a PG-13. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't anything bad. He seasonally is a character for the holidays. Oh. And he used this to travel around to these big festivals. He was professional this time of year. Mm. And he, he played the part perfectly. Hopefully you guys know where I'm going with this. But in case there are kids who, uh, you know. He was an elf. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And so he wanted this to kind of give him a private area to make sure he was ready to perform for the holiday oh, season. Oh, how fun. And he was such a nice fella. And I was really happy to be able to take care of his rig. I did get it fixed, by the way. It was the most insane, like, dead-shorted electrical freakout that I've seen in a long time. And so we were able to get him going. And I hope for the holiday season... We need more uplifting items. I hope he's still out there using his rig and uh, spreading some Christmas cheer, if you will. Mm. So, I don't know. That's all my electrical uh, scare tactics, I guess. Just <laughs> if, you, if you don't know what you're doing, you're not helping yourself because you're probably going to create a bigger problem. And the bigger the problem is, the more money you got to throw at it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, what? how is your holiday season stacking up? Are you ready for Christmas? It's been stressful. Let me tell yeah. you that. Much. This year, I think I'm, I'm feeling it from everybody this year. Yeah, but I I thankfully got all of my Christmas shopping done. Wow, yes. well done. I've done my winter maintenance on my home, my winter maintenance on my vehicle. I awesome. swapped out my emergency car kits. Man. I've added a couple different things to it. So yeah, I'm trying to be as proactive as I possibly can because winters mm. are brutal and especially especially whenever you live out in the country. Yes. So you have to make sure that you are a little bit more prepared mm -hmm. than others. You know, not only making sure that your vehicle can handle those drives in, if, especially if you have snow or ice, oh, yeah. but making sure that you're prepared if something happens. And then, of course, making sure that your home is ready for it mm -hmm. as well. So I've been, you know, stockpiling on uh, just canned goods and things awesome. like that. Well so done. making sure that if I get snowed in, mm -hmm. I am prepared for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've been talking all fall, basically kind of like the uh, the grasshopper and the ant, if mm -hmm. I remember the fable correctly. 
and I feel like we're doing okay. Um, I got a lot of other things that I need to do before the weather gets too crappy. Um, a lot of extra insulating, um, getting the vehicles ready. Uh, I had my mom's in there here a few weeks ago. We put a brand new set of all season, all terrain tires on. Uh, so she is ready for winter and we had kind of, I don't say staged or planned that, but the tires that she had on it were down to like the last 25% or so. Mm. We ran those as long as I felt like that we could weather related, related to get as much miles out of those tires as possible. Cause I don't want to take tires off that still have life on them, but we had pre-purchased the tires before some of the inflation had hit because inflation has hit tires, uh, petroleum in general, very, very hard. And so we saved, I don't know, quite a bit, um, pre-purchasing them, letting them sit. I think we had them most of the summer actually, and all of fall. And then I just went ahead and installed them the, I don't know, a few weeks back. So she should be in pretty good shape going forward. And then our family personal cars, I've pretty much, um, you know, gone through a lot of tire repair early for the kids and for Stacy to make sure, you know, she's got a brand new set of Firestones. Both of our driving kids um, have new tires on their rigs. And, you know, just making sure that we're trying to be as proactive as possible. Um, I hate when folks break down, whether you're family, friend, or, you know, somebody that we've taken care of for many years. And I don't want to have, uh, you know, if I can prevent that for somebody, I'm definitely going to do that or at least make them aware of it. Maybe they don't want to fix whatever my recommendation is, and that's fine. It's your car, your money, but you at least need to know about it. I got a dear friend of mine who just got a used vehicle kind of given back to him. He had been lending it out. And uh, he drove it a couple of days and pulled in wherever and, and had the wheels turned. And it wasn't on the outside of the tire, but the inside of the tire, the alignment had been bad for a long time, apparently. And whoever had been borrowing it just kept driving and driving. Mm. All steel cords hanging out of those tires. Oof. And he said he had just got off I-44 at like 80 miles an hour, you know. I mean, you're talking about a blowout waiting to happen. And, you know, then the... Have you ever had a blowout? I know I've asked that question. I have not. Question. Uh, I've had a few over the years, and they will beat the living tar out of your vehicle when that alligator or tread portion of it starts whipping. Um, it's a very uh, troublesome sound, and I've seen it total vehicles. I had a customer who had a real nice F-250 pickup, and he had 10-ply tires on the back. One of them blew out, and it beat the bedside off of that truck. Wow. I'm, I'm gloomy and doomy today, aren't I, Sarah? I like everything, a little bit. Everything I'm talking about, like, it's so bad. It was super broken. Uh, but that's the interesting stuff, I guess, you know. But that's not why I'm an automotive technician or mechanic uh by trade, it's to prevent that stuff. Well, here, I will get us out of the gloom and okay, doom. Please. So on Sunday, the uh, the father-in-law came to kind of hang out. Yeah. We had a couple of home repairs that we needed help with. Heck yeah. And so he was following us home. You and got a love family. Yes, he's a sweetheart. And we noticed that whenever we were leaving, we had to make a trip to Springfield. And we noticed that uh, there was a car that was broke down. Mm. We have those J-turns on um, Highway 65. Yes, I noticed. How do you like those? I absolutely hate them. Okay. So <laughs> I thought maybe it was just me. I thought it was weird. No, and they're... So, side note on those J-turns, I hate them in the winter time because you have to get in the left lane mm -hmm. and then try to slow down as quick as possible oh. and then you immediately have like a, you know, that yeah. turn that you have yeah. to do. So, it's a little intimidating when there's snow and mm -hmm. ice or even when it's raining almost mm -hmm. and people, whenever 
whatever, you have to get in the left lane and they're hauling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little scary because they'll get right up on you yeah. and you're trying to make your turn. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I, we noticed somebody was stranded in the J turn and we came back about an hour later and we noticed that they were still over there. Okay. And so I had made a comment to the husband that, you know, just I really hope that they're OK. Mm-hmm. And the father in law, he stopped in Aww. and yeah, he offered them some assistance That's and he awesome. actually waited for them for their help to arrive. That's, man, yeah, th- you did bring us out of the gloom and doom. Yeah, well done. he's a good fella. Heck so, yeah. you know, awesome. sometimes that kindness, it goes mm-hmm. a long way, especially if you're a, a new driver. I believe this person was a, a younger female and I think her boyfriend. OK. And so they had the the vehicle jacked up. I believe it was a tire ah, issue. Okay. So that's that kind of ties into the story mm-hmm. that you were telling. But, yeah, they just I guess they didn't have the right tools. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the father in law waited for that's him. Awesome. Yeah. I can't tell you how many I stop because most of the time I'm in a service truck, which is very well equipped. Um, and I carry a Harbor Freight aluminum uh, ton and a half jack for this very reason. Um, and I really, you know, I was thinking about that. I strongly recommend those jacks, by the way. They are a great gift idea out there in case you, you know, have somebody, even even a lady out there. They're light enough that you can pick up and they're much more safe and stable when you're changing a tire on the side of the road. But typically I have a cordless impact and obviously sockets and, and, and all the good stuff with me. So there's times where I'll roll up and if their spare is good, within less than probably three to five minutes, I have their spare changed out. They're back on the ground and they're ready to go. Um, If you have a front wheel drive vehicle, if the spare is the same diameter or same size as what's on the drive axle, which would be the front wheel drive, you can go ahead and install it. If the spare is smaller, you need to rotate one of the rear tires to the front to, to not damage the transmission or some of the gears inside there and put the small tire on the rear, even if you have a flat on the front. So I uh, probably need to mention that a little bit more in the show, but Sarah and I need to step into another break. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Your complete car care solution. One custom car care. All right, welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. We're going to shift gears a big time here. Sarah, <laughs> definitely dropped, not gloom and doom not anymore. Not gloom and doom. Yeah, we're like a hundred percent about face here. Sarah, you dropped a bomb on me that this week Bucky's in Stratford opened up. Yeah, well, I can't believe you didn't know. So I was driving by there. I forget where in the world I was going, but I was headed up 44 to pick up some broken thing probably mm-hmm. i would imagine and i we, you know we take 44 quite often stacy and i with brinley to the children's hospital in st louis so i've kind of got to watch the progress about monthly i would say um recently i was headed past there and there was a whole bunch of cars in the parking lot and it looked like training day oh i bet and it looked pretty well done like finished and they, I don't know, they had probably 50 to 100 cars in that parking lot. But it, you could tell it wasn't open. But you're telling me that this week they opened mm-hmm. and there was traffic problems. Yeah. So there was like a Bucky get-in. So it opened Monday. Doors opened 6 a.m. Oh, there my was goodness. A, a public 
grand opening ribbon cutting ceremony at 11 that day. And I tell you what, there was like Bucky getting because people were outside. And mind you, it was like 27 degrees. Oh, yeah. But they were waiting outside in line to get in. People were waiting at the gas pumps, which is funny because there are over 120 gas pumps there. This is like a game changer for the Springfield metro yeah, area. Yeah, there was um, oh, traffic piled up on oh I-44. Like so, gawking? You think they were rubbernecking or trying to get off the off-ramps? I think they were trying to probably get off oh, on it because, I mean, so they were backed people, up. Yeah, people were going crazy about it. Uh, so I feel bad for our truck drivers. They were probably hacked off about that. Well, the truck drivers, I believe, are not allowed to go to Bucky's. They are not allowed. That, That's what they I have thought. an attendant, and I did do a little research on this, that if you're a truck driver and you try and get on their parking lot, they are not a truck stop. They are a travel station for, you know, Joe Schmo and, you know, the family uh-huh. running around town and 120 gas pumps. Yes. That is awesome. So I was ranting off air and I feel like I need to share it with all of you out there in Radioland. Gas stations are not set up for larger vehicles for the most part, let alone if you're towing a trailer. Yeah. And when somebody blocks me in while I got a trailer, or if I'm driving one of my diesel pickups and I'm towing a trailer, and you are sitting filling your gas car at the one and only or two and only diesel pumps, oh man, <laughs> I gotta like exercise some self control. Want to give them the old what for? I huh? know it just drives me nuts. Well, I think with 120 fuel pumps. I have a feeling they're probably going to have more than one or two diesel. I'm pretty excited about that. And I was also, you know, speaking off air, I scope out gas stations that I want to use that are easy uh, accessibility to get in and get out. Some of these older stations, the pumps are super close together. They're Mm -hmm. turned like there's a Casey's. There's two Casey's in Nixa that like they had to spin the building and the pump stations because of the size of the lot. I know why they did it, but they are a bear to get in and out of, even if you're not pulling a trailer. And so I just won't stop there. Not to mention, I've talked about this quite often. Um, If you see a oil company fuel station, so Phillips 66, Marathon, Sinclair, typically you'll see on the pump, it says top tier. That is a better cut of gasoline that what than what you see at some of your private label non uh, their second tier gas. So there's more imperfections in there. The uh, basically quality of fuel is not as good, and the shelf life will, shelf life will not be as good. So I'm excited about this Bucky situation. Yeah. I've never been in one. I've never been in one, and you would think with the amount of traveling that I have done, because they're all over the place they're in like kentucky or i think one's being built yes so i did a little homework on this as well they basically started out of the south Uh in texas in texas yes and they built these giant travel stations yeah and they're they're migrating north which i'm very excited to have yeah but they're all over the place i just i can't believe that i've never been to one now this one is fifty three thousand square feet Oh, my goodness. I know. That's massive. I want to know what is in there. I do, too. So (laughs) if you listeners out there can give us some insights of what 
Sarah and I should look for when we go to this Bucky's. I would love to hear from you guys because I've never been in yeah, one. Yeah, I believe that they have some kind of like pulled pork or brisket or something like that that's very famous. But they're mm. also famous for uh, the friendly staff and like the cleanest bathrooms. That's a big deal. Yeah, I know. That is a big that deal for me too. That is a big deal. I, uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. So Marionville Class 1 mm-hmm. won yes. the state championship. Um, very proud of those boys. I went up to Columbia on the way there. I needed to stop and use the facilities, get a little snack, you know, keep, keep awake. You know, the bathrooms were not the cleanest in Missouri. Um, I was very, even as a guy, I was kind of like, yeah, I need some sanitizer even after I've washed my hands. So Bucky's, if you guys are putting out the quality that we're talking about here, I will make a trip over to visit you guys, even though I'm not anywhere close to Bucky's. There you go. And I'm going to try and probably take the uh, the old family, as many of them as I can bribe to go with me, so they can check it out. But I'm going to let the newness die down at least a little bit, maybe a few weeks, a month, whatever. Yeah. And then I'm going to make sure that I get some of their fuel so we can kind of see what kind of fuel they've got. Maybe even a little diesel, um, and spend a little time checking out the old inside. Yeah, there. you got to spend like 150 bucks in snacks oh, or something. Probably, probably. Now I know they've got all kinds of different like um, like merchandise. Mm-hmm. In fact, Nick and I were talking about it um, a couple months ago. I say a couple months ago. It was summertime. Uh, we were up in Lake of the Ozarks for a radio station event thing. I think you did. Did uh, KSGF win something? We did. We won Station of the Year. But anyways, we were up there for that. And um, we were actually hanging out by the poolside, Mm -hmm. um, waiting for that event to happen. And there was a lady there that had a Bucky swimsuit on. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So they got some swag. Yeah, they do. Well done, Bucky. I know people are probably like, oh my gosh, we've heard all about Bucky's all week. I want somebody to tell us what is the coolest thing. What are what are your favorite things about Bucky's out there? I would love to hear it. A because then I'll know what to look for there you when go. I go. Same. And B because I think it's cool. Yeah, same. That's a big deal around here. I'm excited for the bathrooms. There's a trend. This is the segments off the off the rails. But there's a bathroom in uh, Platte City Trex. I don't uh-huh. know if you've ever heard of the Trex truck stops. Uh-uh. So they have like the cleanest bathrooms, and they're actually like not a travel center. They're actually a truck stop. Okay, they're amazing. I I really most of the time love truck stops because they have the neatest knickknack like. I love them too, yeah. Yeah. Like stuff you will not find anywhere else. And not to just continue on the bathroom discussion, but I have to tout a local company here to us. Bass Pro has the best bathrooms that I have ever been in. Yeah, they do. They are so just well put together. Johnny Morris has an eye and he has the ability to make it the way he wants it you know some people may be like wow you know he builds it and he tears it down just immediately because he doesn't like the way it looks it's paid off you know bass pro is very successful and to be here at his home headquarters i very much uh, take a lot of pride and appreciation in that so well done but uh we need to step into one more break sarah and i'll wrap this thing up right after this your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. I think we're going to put the bathroom talk <laughs> to the side. Um, but if you guys got some insight, send us in. 
Sarah, you have an interesting story over there about our Kia family. Yes. So this story is out of Seattle and it happened several weeks ago, but it caught my eye because (laughs) I have a Hyundai with similar issues that Mm -hmm. this person is facing. It's from Fox uh, 13 out of Seattle. A Kia owner is fed up with multiple thefts, and he dumps his car back at the dealership. Wow. Yes. So one Kia owner got so fed up after his car was stolen, he decided to dump the vehicle off at the dealership where he bought it and walked four hours back home. Oh, boy, was mad. He was. On Monday, Beirut's Ali Maradi said someone stole his Kia. The incident happened in Federal Way. Ali Maradi said police found the car, but as it set parked in the driveway, he says someone came back and smashed out all of the windows. I'm tired, you know. I swear I'm tired about this car, he said. Ali Maradi says in two years, he has dealt with four different incidents involving this car. He says he's paid thousands of dollars out of his own pocket to get the vehicle repaired, but this most recent incident is the last straw. Hmm. This situation is too much bad. I don't want it, he said. Ali Maradi says he was so upset with the situation, he dropped the Kia off at the dealership and walked about four hours back home. Fox 13 spoke with the dealership. An employee told us they can't legally comment on the situation. Law enforcement continues to warn Kia and Hyundai owners to protect themselves because their cars are being targeted by thieves. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that we've talked about quite a bit. But in 2022, videos started popping up on social media demonstrating the process of how to steal these types of cars. The how-to videos led to a trend of car thefts where criminals were dubbed as the Kia boys. Recent violent crimes in Tacoma have also involved stolen Kias. Now, Tacoma police reported that on Sunday night around 10 p.m., about five to eight suspects described as young-looking, wearing masks, and driving a stolen Kia held someone up at gunpoint and stole their car. Police pursued the suspects, but investigators say the thieves ditched the stolen cars and took off running into the woods. About a week before that incident, Tacoma police reported kids driving a stolen Kia and terrorizing a Tacoma middle school parking lot by threatening a security guard with a gun. Uh, Tacoma police say in the last week, there have been 80 Two reported car thefts. The Pierce County Sheriff's Department says between 1 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, there were 21 incidents alone involving attempted car thefts. My, my, my. So for one, uh, have you ever heard of a gentleman named Pastor Joe Fox? I don't think so. He does some podcasts, YouTube, different uh, social media presence. He has a saying that, and I'm assuming it's biblical, but it's come out of here. My people is the name of the saying. It's basically, if you live in a crappy area, you should move. And what, what I hear there, you know, I understand Hyundai Kia getting some heat there and not that here in Springfield, Missouri, there's not some bad actors, but I'll tell you what, if I lived out in somewhere that was defunding the police and doing just absolutely absurd things. You know, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Clearly, they are not punishing people for doing dumb things. And then when a law-abiding citizen stands up and does something about it because nobody else will, now he's the one getting the rap. And I'm not saying that, I'm, and I'm on a little soapbox here, but it's just like, bro, surely there's another place that you can move to 
but four times being stolen in a year is unbelievable. Yeah, and then having your windows smashed out just because. So it's interesting, as I hear you read that story, I have a parts truck that I acquired, and and just bear with me a second. I've had it for several years. It had a uh, 7.3 diesel in it, which is why I wanted it. I'm going to make a pickup bed trailer out of the back of it, and I'm going to keep the engine and do something with it. But the truck is pretty well clapped out. I ended up being able to acquire it through a towing service that is a similar situation. It came out, I think, Forsyth, if I remember right. I've had it many years now. Long story short, his truck kept getting stolen because it's a 7.3 diesel. Mm -hmm. And he finally got sick of it. And he finally just let the insurance pay for it. It got stolen three times here in Forsyth. Wow. And he finally, because it was a desirable vehicle, no different than it's easy to steal Hyundai and Kia, he finally just let the insurance, and I ended up getting it out of an auto pool um, for parts. It was basically kind of clapped out. They broke the ignition and the lock cylinder out of it, etc. But there was no theft deterrent system on this older Ford. Yeah. Just like there's no theft deterrent system on the Hyundais and Kias. And he was in the same boat. He's like, I'm sick of my truck getting stolen. They can have it. Yeah. And I'm just like, are you kidding me that people, A, are the creativity and the intimate knowledge of some of these systems. These people are not dumb that are stealing these vehicles. They're not. Now, am I a fan of them or endorsing it? No. But if they would put that effort towards something fruitful, people need good employees, good businesses, start your own business, whatever. Stop stealing from hardworking people. Exactly. And if there's no deterrent and they're decriminalizing so many things, as well as the drug situation coming in through the southern border uh, or Canada, either one, it really irks me that, you know, Hyundai and Kia get the brunt of this story, which they, they have some burden to bear there. But how about the people doing the doggone crime? Right, because it says that there was 82 reported uh-huh. car thefts. In one week. Now, I'm sure that the 82 reported car thefts are not all Mm -mm. Kias and Hyundais. And then between 1 a.m. and 8.30 a.m., that's a very short time. There was at least 21 incidents. Wow. So if and and maybe this is something that uh, consulting Kyle Wyatt would be. If I'm in law enforcement, I'm going to get me a Hyundai or Kia and I'm going to get me a van And I'm going to park that Hyundai or Kia out there where it's just ripe for the picking. And I'm going to sit in that van and I'm going to let the crook steal it. I'm going to video, photo, drone footage, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start busting some folks. If I don't know. I'm not law enforcement and I sure don't live out in Washington. I feel like that used to be a thing with like kind of fancier sports cars back in the 80s. Yeah. I'm sure it was. You know, there's been many movies made about it and... You know, it just, it drives me nuts that there's no consequences or it's a slap on the wrist. I know. And these folks just continue to do bad things, not pay for them, and be a dirtbag. I just don't get that. And then, God forbid, you're a law-abiding citizen. You know, they want to infringe on your rights every moment that they possibly can. It just drives me batty. Right. So whenever we see a rash of... Uh, vehicle thefts is there a specific time that i guess criminals are more active like is there is it more prominent in springtime or winter well it's interesting you bring that up because typically a lot of folks think about at night 
you know, they're they're criminals at night. They right. they use the cloak of darkness to to hide. But with the desperation of some of these new drugs that are on the market out there, I'm seeing stuff happen in broad daylight. Yeah. Typically, it's the twilight hours, so it's going to be anywhere from 2 to 5 in the morning is when a lot of, if you're a smart criminal, you're going to do your bad deeds. But I had a, uh, a gentleman that worked at a car lot here on Campbell in Springfield, and this has been several years ago, actually. This is when the catalytic converter thieves were just crazy. And so he had his personal vehicle that he had parked across the street. There was an open lot. He was selling it there. Um, so it was not part of the car lot that he was working at. But he could see it all day long. And he could drive to work, park, and walk across the street. No big deal. Well, so he had some uh, binoculars, actually. And he was saw a guy pull in. He's like, sweet, you know, somebody's interested in my rig. All of a sudden, the guy disappears underneath the vehicle. Oof. So he goes trotting across there. And he hears some racket. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, boy, gets out from under the car. He had cut the catalytic converter. He had it off by the time he got there. Mm -hmm. He ended up chasing the guy that is my friend back into traffic with that Sawzall. He was doing everything he could to get him because he got busted stealing his catalytic converter. It just drives me nuts. And that was in the middle of the day. That was probably like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, Monday through Friday, during business days, people are that brazen in order to steal things. And, you know, even if you have, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of security cameras. I'm a big proponent. I, I've i had things stolen and I've been able to watch them, but they've been in such a cloak you couldn't ID the person. You basically just got to watch your, your property disappear and... You know, my thought process is, is you need to make it as difficult of a target as possible. And and what does that mean? Maybe it's a fence. Maybe it's a wall. We got to build a wall to keep our, keep our property safe. Um, but you look at other third world countries or people that have lots of money, they always have a big wall around their property. They always do. And it's because it's just that much more of a barrier of entry that the typically the thieves are lazy and they will move on to an easier target. So, you know, I'm not saying everybody's got to build a wall, but, you know, a good fence and a lock and a gate will keep honest people honest. And it may be to a point where uh, Jeff Foxworthy, I don't know if you remember this stand up bit. Um, he had a bit that basically I think he was talking about gun control and thieves. And it was funny, but it was very true. He talked about back in the day, and I've done this a lot. Um, I have pulled engines from a large tree limb in my front yard and changed motors and whatnot in vehicles over the years. I haven't done it in a lot of years. But for many years, um, I would typically have an engine hanging from a tree or under a tree limb for usually year round because I was always doing one at a time and it took me a long time to get one done because I clearly was working with uh, better than less equipment if you will uh, but he always said that when a thief pulls in and sees an engine hanging from a tree this is a house where a gun lives <laughs> and that was his shtick if you will and I don't know if folks would drive by my house but I would imagine they would probably think yep this is a uh, well-trained and equipped firearm owner, and this is probably not the easiest target ever, or at least that's my goal, or part of my goal. So, you think that's a little overkill? 
No, I mean, you just you get sick of it. Mm-hmm. You get sick of working hard for everything that you have. Yeah. You know, just kind of inching up mm-hmm. that ladder and making sure that you're being able to provide for your family yeah. and for yourself. That's and then point. next thing you know, boom! Somebody just completely comes and terrorizes yeah. some dirt bag. Yeah, absolutely. And it just infuriates me that. You know, they'll do that, and then they'll be repeat offenders. Exactly. You know, I get it. People do bad things, and maybe you can reform or whatever. But if there's no consequences to it, they're going to keep doing bad things. I know. Well, dang. If <laughs> I wish we could have ended on a better yeah, note. It's but all good. Hey, we're officially out of time. Now, if you're out there in Radio Land, you have a question or a comment for us, feel free to text in. That text line number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe out there. Bye.